the announcers came on. They put the put pitcher back up, and they were like, "Congrats, Jaden, on the leading this the Sanford and hitting streak." So it was it was a really cool moment for me. I was trying to soak it all soak it all up while I could. Everybody was like hugging me and telling me congrats and stuff. So it was a cool it was a really cool moment. I'll never forget. On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs, we talk a little Sanford baseball, how being number one in the SoCon baseball tournament isn't quite the same as in basketball. Uh, And most importantly, we are joined by a special guest, true freshman, Jaden Davis, to talk about his crazy record hitting streak, which at the time of this recording is now up to 31 straight games. We get to hear a little bit about how we got to Sanford uh, what he thinks of the accomplishment and how he thinks our dogs are doing and will do uh, for the for the remainder of the season. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate us five stars, and leave a good review. Follow the show on Twitter at State of the Dogs. And with that, let's kick this thing off. I would imagine yeah. that there's another one. Yeah. In a second. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Yeah. After a big win. Yeah. to four and five team for the FCS, and here goes Montreal Washington. He's skipped through the defenders, and he's taking it all the way. On the road, he's got room. Inside the five, to attention, wins it. So kind, champ. All right, all right. So, Michael, Jeb is not with us. He is flying back from Omaha this weekend. So it's just us two. Uh, we came across this on Twitter. I don't know. It's some Birmingham sports account. They might be called like Birmingham sports or something, but they posed the the statement that UAB and Sanford need a collective and better NIL to remain competitive in football and basketball. Now, last episode we left off where we kind of just focused on the football aspect, um, but what about basketball, especially Michael with regards to a collective? Um, and we're not talking about UAB, whatever, Sanford. What do you, what do you think about that, Mike? Sam, in short, I I think it's a little over-exaggerated to say that we need a collective to stay competitive right now, but I do think the way that the whole NIL environment is trending at some point we'll need a collective. So why not start now? Um, that's to get true. a head start because I was, you know, I saw this question on our agenda today and I, I did a little bit of research on the, what, what universities currently have uh, collectives and it's not really that many college, like not even all the big ones like Alabama and Texas and Clemson, Oregon, and Tennessee, Miami. they all have their own. And there's a couple of like mid-sized schools that have their own collectives, but nobody in like the SoCon level, like mid-major level, has a collective yet. So I, like, I don't think it's hindering us competitively right now, but it can't be that hard to like have a couple boosters go set up a collective. It's not hard. What's hard is asking money from the same people, right? Like that's, especially when these first started kicking off, you would have several pop up. There were like companies that would, you know, pop them up. Some of those worked out, but for the most part, they've all kind of had to consolidate and now work with the universities and states where that's legal because of that reason. How are you going to call up on your big donor as a university and ask for, you know, the $100 million gift that Sanford just got 
and the collective call them up and be like, hey, can we get 10 million for our student athletes? You know, like you're drawing from the same bucket. And then you're like, well, there's the business part of it where you can subscribe and you get access to the play. Nobody, nobody's actually paying for that for the value. It's essentially just still a donation. Um, and they're trying to, you know, crowdfund it, so to speak, by getting $30 donations from 10,000 fans. But as you just said, nobody, nobody on our level and nobody really even in the lower power five levels or even group of five have anything uh, competitive with regards to a collective unless they have a billion dollar donor who's doing that's, it themselves. I mean, that's a great point, but where do you think the, the money is better utilized uh, to the university to do the things that Sanford's doing right now with the facilities and whatnot or to that's a good the question. collectives that can go to the players? Because I would argue that, you know, Sanford just got, what, a $100 million donation, largest yeah. single donation in state of Alabama, Alabama history. You know, higher education. Yeah. Um, imagine if, like, 10 million of that went to a collective instead of to Sanford to be sure. allocated to student athletes. If they did that and created like an essentially um, a sustainable fund, we would win the SOCON every year in every sport until someone exactly. else did it too. You talk about like you asked the question last week. Sorry, did I cut you off? No. Look like you were about to say something. Uh, you asked the question last week, like how much do you think facilities impact recruiting and whatnot? It's like, well, maybe we come to the conclusion that facilities don't impact recruiting. Uh, but what does impact recruiting would be money to the players in this environment. So I think you can make your money back in wins more easily with a sustainable collective than you can putting that money towards facilities. Potentially. Another thing to think about is it's a lot easier for a Miami well, actually, no. Miami is a bad example in what I'm about to say. It's a lot easier for um, a Texas to come up with a collective because the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Ten currently and the SEC about to be signed giant TV deals, right? So their athletic departments aren't even going to really have to raise money from donors. And all that money can be free. Now, they will, but theoretically, they wouldn't have to. And all that money is then freed up to be allocated elsewhere, aka the collective. Uh, no other conference has that problem. You know, the ACC is not out here signing a billion dollar TV deal. Uh, the Pac 12 certainly isn't. The Big 12 certainly isn't. And if the big dogs aren't doing it, the SOCON sure as heck isn't. So I think you're still going to run into that problem uh, that schools like a Sanford, like a UAB, like a Troy, like a South Alabama, like a Georgia Southern, they don't have the extra cash being brought in from TV TV rights to rationalize getting the donors to reallocate their donations to a collective. Because at the end of the day, schools like this, they thrive on the margin where Sanford gets an unranked or one-star, two-star, develops them into an NFL draft pick. That's what they're selling. That's what they're trying to find. I don't know if that model changes from sport to sport uh, or school to school once you get past the power five. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, and I, like, I definitely don't think that a collective would impact Sanford in the way that like a big 12 SEC school would, but don't you think that a collective would almost be like a separate campaign 
donation. Yeah, like, and that's the issue. And, but you're right. But it's it's almost increasing the pool. I feel like if you market it, it could. well, it could increase no, it, the pool donations rather than, and it would definitely pull from other areas. But I think it would also just increase the total pool of, of money being donated. It certainly could. Um, there are certainly people out there that would rather give to sports than to academics. But also at the end of the day, for as much as Sanford benefits from sports, and you know we're going to hear from Martin Newton on this. I'd love to hear from Beck Taylor on this. But as much as sports matter, for a school the size of Sanford and that kind of rests, rests its laurels on the nursing program, the business school, the pharmacy program, like at what point would Sanford just say, you know, we don't need any more athletic donations. We'll just cut our sports if that's what it comes to. Um, and because it's at a certain point, it's going to be the, at a certain point, instantly it's going to split and it's going to be, you know, the people that are have collectives and the big TV deals and then everyone else with true amateurism, it'll split again. And I feel like Sanford will be fine being on that second in that second group. Uh, I disagree. You think it's going to split? How? So I think the power five will be the power two and a half. Like SEC Big Ten will siphon off the rest of the majors. They'll be their own league, kind of like an NFL type thing, but for all sports. Then you'll have a second tier, kind of like the group of five now, but with storied programs um, like a Texas Tech or – an Arizona state, you know, somebody like that has some good history. It's a huge public school. They're going to be competing on a different level, slightly different level, you know, just not as much money. Can't be as competitive. Uh, And then you're going to have everyone else like the Sanfords, the UABs, um, the MTSUs, the uh, trying to think of a Texas school, maybe, uh, SMU or a UTEP type program. And now how that looks, I don't know. But I think a, I think a reshuffling is in our future in the next 20, 30 years-ish. It's going to be a while, but I, I think there's a not big reshuffling coming. Do what? Start, start a collective, get the ball Yeah, I don't think there's early. anything wrong with doing a collective now. Um, once we get – once we can average 1,000 listeners per episode, we will start – we'll start a collective. Here's the thing. I was looking at this list, and a lot of collectives get bought out by competing collectives for the same school. So I think we need to start like a state of SoCon, state of the Bulldogs collective, <laughs> and then, you know, sell. Uh, but I want to backtrack sell. a little bit. I want to backtrack because you were talking about, you know, the, the academic side of Sanford and the sports yeah. side. And it's like, let's just forget the sports side. If it, came to one, if it came to it. Okay, if it, even if it came to it, Sanford a couple of years ago ranked number one in the entire country for student engagement. And that's like a huge selling point for Sanford as a school. That's one of the reasons I went but to school. But that's not like sports. I, ah, dude, I think it is. It's, no, I think it's sports being is, involved with campus organizations. I agree, but I think I think sports has an indirect impact on student engagement towards yeah. those, those organizations. I guess. I mean, think I mean, about look when at, we were like, there. But nobody uh, was at basketball. Nobody, nobody went to football games, but everybody nobody went to tailgates. And you can't have a tailgate without a game. Preach. Tailgates are the and, best part of football. And now look at what Bucky's football. been doing with basketball and the Red Sea and breaking records for attendance and whatnot. The Fermi game that we went to. 
like that all has to do with student involvement and that for sure can only benefit campus culture. Oh no. Right. I I'm with you. I, it totally benefits. I'm just saying if it came down to it, if Sanford had to choose where $1 went academics or athletics, they're going to choose academics because that's ultimately what I am afraid this is all going to come down to. And that's what will ultimately lead to a split. It's similar to, um, I disagree, dude. You think Sanford will go with the money or, but, uh, like they'll try because to be of the downstream effect in this sports fake. has on the university academics. I think sports is more important than. Yeah, it may be, and that's why it'll be interesting to hear hear Martin's take because I mean he's the AD, so he definitely has. Day, the... I think that a college is only as good as its students in terms of academics and the students that it attracts, professors as well. But like, you've got to attract quality students to have a quality university. Yeah. And I think that sports is a big, like, would you have gone to Stanford if they didn't have a football team or a basketball team? Yeah. No, you wouldn't. I had never watched a Stanford. I didn't even know Stanford had sports before I showed up. You're lying, dude. Uh Uh-uh. Like uh, that first bulldog walk, our freshman year with Bobby Bowden, I was stunned. I was like, Bobby Bowden's here? I showed up. I was like first in line at that Bulldog walk just to like <laughs> get a high five from Bobby Bowden. Like this is the coolest thing. So, yeah, I loved it once I got there. But, I mean, I was looking at going to Rhodes. Rhodes has D3 sports, right. you know? It's like I'm not the right guy to ask. Yeah. I thought I thought All you right. would be. I'm a sports guy. Well, I love sports. And speaking of sports, let's get to our, our baseball segment. Um, so, we teased, we teased in the intro that we got Jaden Davis – just hit uh, thirty. Uh, uh, it hit for thirty-one straight games today, Sunday versus WCU. Broke the record on Saturday, so we got him on. Uh, we got him on the phone. Did a little, did a little mini mini interview. Not our not our long form, hour long deep dive into him, but just to kind of hear his thoughts uh, and hear what he had to say. And uh, so with that, so with that, here's Jaden. All right, so joining us right now is a special guest. Uh, middle of the episode cut-in, I think this might be our first one, Mike. Jaden Davis, superstar, true freshman for the Sanford Bulldogs. Jaden, how you doing? I'm doing man? good. How are you? Oh, we're great. Loved watching you get to the 31 straight games with a hit. <laughs> New Sanford record set on Saturday, which, funny enough, Jaden, Babe Ruth hit his first home run in 1915 on the same day. Really? So. Huh. Big things coming, baby. <laughs> I hope Big so. things coming. I hope so, <laughs> so Jaden, we just want, yeah, we wanted to get you on. It, it's special moment, obviously, breaking any kind of Sanford record, but a record like this is pretty absurd. They call the NCAA record, I think it's at fifty six or fifty eight games, the most unbreakable uh, baseball record in sports. So obviously, you know, it's a big deal. But we also just you're a true freshman, you know. A lot of the fans don't really know who well, they know who you are but they don't know who you are. So let's just start, you know, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us where you're from, where you went to high school, stuff like that. Man. Okay. Uh, name's Jade. I'm from uh, Cookville, Tennessee. I went to Cookville High School. Cookville, Cookville High School. It's a nice. small town in Tennessee. So Host of the uh, of the state football championships for yep. a little too long. Yep, for at Tennessee Tech. Uh, that's where they did all the, yep. the, yeah. the yep. state football championships. Mm-hmm. My dad actually went to Tennessee Tech. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's a fun fact. It's like smack dab in the middle of the state, isn't it? Yeah, it's about. I'm like right in between Nashville and Knoxville, so 
Yeah. About it's about in the middle. I'm I'm like an hour and a half from Chattanooga, Nashville, and Knoxville. That is actually a prime location. Now that makes a lot more sense as to now the Memphis teams had to drive, but that makes a lot more sense why they had the state titles there. I always wanted it to be in Neyland. Not that I Uh, ever sniffed the state title game, but (laughs) that'd be cool if it was there. Would have been sick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did y'all make it to state in in, uh, high school? Uh, No, we we never made it in baseball. We uh, we always made to like we usually won the district, made to regionals, but never could get past the regional. We always usually faced a pretty good arm in the regional one. Yeah. Kind of always put us out at that point. Who was, who was kind of the, the the dominant team in your division? Well, yeah, I got in my division. If there was one, my senior year we switched into a new district. We didn't win it my senior year. We okay. switched into a into a different one. We in Mount Juliet, they had a oh, okay. They had a three division. They had a MTSU, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee pitchers that would go wow. one. Two. Holy crap! Yeah, so the, uh... they. That's absurd. And they would pretty much throw the whole seven innings. So there was really, unless you were, unless your pitching could match it, then there was no, Gosh. no chance of beating them. Really, yeah, no shot. Is that four A, five A? Yeah, it's four. So four A is as high as it goes in baseball, 4A. and that's what it was. Oh wow, dude, that's actually wild. Because I mean, I mean, Tennessee puts out a lot of a lot of good baseball talent, but to have three D one pitchers all like that on your team, yeah, that team was they were. They were a really good team that year, last year. So, Jaden, tell us uh, when we when we talked to some of your teammates for our baseball preview, they said that you were hitting like 600, 700 in high school. When did you know you were going to play college baseball? Like, at what point were you like, oh, I I know I'm good enough, but also I want to do this? I've want, I've wanted to do it forever. So, yeah, I just it's always been what I wanted to do and everything. So, me and my dad would work at it and stuff, and I'd go play travel ball and all sorts of stuff like that, and. Kind of freshman year of high school, I kind of like I started. I got to start as a freshman and stuff, so that's when I was like, my coach just put in my mind, hey, like, you can go play like Division One baseball, like if you just keep working at it and stuff. So that's what I did, and kind of panned out, panned out good and stuff for me. So yeah, talk about that. Any other schools? Like, how did the re- the uh, recruitment process work for you? Yeah, so because I'm sure there were tons of schools calling. So my freshman year, I, I got my first offer as a freshman at Rice University. <laughs> And uh, text in Houston. Hey, same and with there for a couple commi- days. And then I ended up committed. I committed <laughs> committed there uh, my junior year. And this was like co- co- you committed to Rice your junior COVID, year. COVID COVID kind of hit and like recruiting kind of slowed down a lot uh, my sophomore year. So I still yeah. had like probably like eight or nine offers, uh, Division one offers and stuff. But Rice was always the one. I really liked the coach at the time. And then some things happened with the coaching staff and stuff, and I ended up decommitting right after my senior, after my junior year. So, uh, I, yeah, they have a new coach now. Yeah, yeah. So I was committed to like the other coach. I really liked the other coach. He was from Cookville, actually. Yeah. Hey, he was at Tennessee Tech. And then, oh, really? Yeah. Some things happened. See, I grew up with his son. I knew him like forever. So. Whenever their baseball, that makes sense, man, because their director of baseball ops is also from Tennessee. Yep, yep, that's that's uh, that's oh. yeah, I'm really good friends with his with his son, so they all moved down there. Oh, interesting, and then he ended up losing the job, and yeah, I that's when I decommitted like the day he lost it because I that's the only reason I was really going down there. He was, I thought he was such a sure. good coach, he's a really good coach and stuff, so and then I decommitted and I played that summer out, and that was your junior year. Yeah, that was right after my junior – like, the day after my junior season ended. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. And then uh, I played that summer out, 
and got the offers I got. And Sanford's the one that stood out to me the most and stuff and the coaching staff and everything about it, really. So then I committed, like, the very end of the summer. It's like the very beginning of my, my wow, so you year. Okay, so you weren't that you weren't uncommitted for very long at all. No, just one, just one like summer ball season. So from like the early June to like July twentieth. That's it. So um, any SEC schools call? Yeah, I had a good amount of power fives and stuff, but the big like at that point, everyone was they were all saying they're out of money and stuff, and they were looking for that's fair certain positions and stuff. And I just didn't meet the criteria, but. I'm thankful for it in all in a way because I got to come here and play here and stuff. So it's it worked out really well. For me. It certainly worked out, and I mean we're not encouraging you to transfer, but uh, <laughs> Sanford has definitely shown that you know you come here you can go anywhere. MLB, SEC, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like you can achieve whatever goals you have at Sanford. Yeah, that's 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 a big selling point for me. Whenever I was trying to come, whenever I was deciding where I was going to go, was just like all the history of it, like so many big time players throughout the years. Dude. Yeah. So, and then the coaching staff, Na- like we talk about this all the time, but nationally Sanford baseball is our best program. Yeah. In men's sports. So that's, that's a, that was a big selling point to me. And just like the coaches know, know what they're talking about, like with hitting and stuff. So and fielding coach David, it's amazing at fielding. It's kind of all worked out for the best. So, so it's kind of odd that you've only been, you haven't even been at Sanford a year. Uh, tell us, you know, in general, how was freshman year? So, like, you know, without like outside of baseball, uh, it's it was good at first. It was, I mean, it's every freshman. It's just like it's it's new. the The nerves were there at the beginning, just meeting all the new guys, yeah. the new school, college sure. in general. It was just living away from home. It was it was hard at first, but like after like a halfway through the first semester, it was I enjoyed it a lot. And ever since then, it's kind of just gotten better and better each each week. Honestly. But it's been it's been a lot of fun. School school's been good. Everything's been good about it, honestly. That's good. You figured out some good things to eat at the calf. Yeah, <laughs> there's not many options. Not it, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just it's not bad. No, it's not bad. The only, the it's only not thing bad I got against freshman is, year, but when you get say wait till you're by the time you're a senior. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. I, I kind of can relate to that a little bit. Just just like eating eating it over and over and over, you kind of get old of it. So. Especially the breakfast. I yeah, love I don't really breakfast. wake up in time for that. That's the one thing that never got old. Ah, what those eggs, so dude? Like never hash, good. No, the grits the were good. Browns. The grits were good. Okay. No. <laughs> you have a favorite class? No. BP. Yeah, baseball. <laughs> I'm ready to start these, the, like the business classes. What I'm excited for, uh, kind of the Sanford, okay. Okay. the Sanford curriculum. I wasn't a huge fan of. Like it was kind of just like repetitive stuff but i mean it was it wasn't terrible yeah, it's, it's liberal arts yeah so yeah but my favorite is probably math i always get math the easiest so yeah. that's probably was my favorite yeah that's a good you have you a good study, future ahead of you Jaden. that's a good study that's a good finance or accounting i'm doing marketing marketing okay hey, that's what i would do that's what i would do if i'd go back they're pumping so much that especially that sports marketing yeah, program. That's what I'm, I'm, marketing I'm doing, we have a guy right. the salvo salvo on our team he uh yeah. I played summer ball with oh, him this right. summer. I played summer ball with him this summer, and uh, I was doing more. Yeah, up in Ohio. Yep, in Ohio. Yeah. And uh, that's he told me all about it and stuff. So that's why I, I, I was I was going to do marketing from the beginning, but the sports mm-hmm. the sports marketing he talked me into that. So that's what I'm going to end up doing. 
Yeah, dude, that's a and yeah, they have sports marketing program. and professional sales. Yeah, is also super well known. Yep, yep. Salvo, I think he's there doing might be a, others too. I think he's doing a minor in sales. So, okay, yeah, he's got it going for right him. on, dude. So, talk about a little. Uh, we were talking about about this before we started recording, but you know, some other freshmen have made some impacts this year. Uh, some just running the normal freshman year, haven't played at all. Talk about the transition. I mean, you were raking in high school, so it's not really a shock that you kept the bat coming into college, but kind of talk about the transition. Because I'm sure coming from 4A Tennessee high school ball to SOCON level baseball, I mean, Wofford has some of the best pitchers in America. So kind of talk us about talk us through that transition. What helped me a lot was going this summer. I got the, the opportunity to go play in summer ball, kind of already faced some college pitching there. And then mainly it's just – I guess staying staying locked in the entire time. So like in high school, I could kind of get away with like kind of being out of the game a little bit and going up there and getting a hit or something. Here you got you got to take every at bat ser- like really serious. And every every pitcher you face is going to be good. Like they're all going to have good stuff and some some better than others, obviously. But every at bat you got to just make it count. And uh, that's kind of what I've been trying to do is not trying to get myself out or get in the mindset of pulling the ball or trying to hit it over, you know what I mean? Just stick to an approach and it's kind of, mm-hmm. I feel like that's helped my success through it all. That's cool. Here, we're going to, I'm going to play this clip from our baseball preview episode of when we asked the guys of who, who we should be looking out for. <laughs> okay. And I want you to listen to it. And I, and I want you to tell us <laughs> when did you know you would think you could contribute, but here's the clip first. Because they obviously had a feeling before the season even started. So name one guy on the team right now. This is the year he breaks out. Like, who is our person player to watch this season? Jaden Davis. Yeah. So this guy, he's actually a freshman. Jaden Davis. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Freshman. Yeah, he's a freshman from uh, Tennessee. He's a dog. He's a dog. Like, (laughs) they they pegged you from the beginning, man. (laughs) When did – I mean, how did they know? See – I think what – because the fall, I didn't do the best in the fall. I hit the ball hard. It just hit it right to a lot of people. But in the preseason, <laughs> the preseason uh, – I had a pretty good preseason leading up to the season. So, I think I think that's when I kind of knew, like, I like, have a chance of being in the lineup and stuff. So, and then I just kind of – it kind of just went right into the baseball season and then just kind of tr- try to keep, uh, like, contributing to the team and then end up just – going on a streak a little bit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, just a, a small streak, just a, a very small, small streak, streak, 31 straight games with a hit. The crazier part, Jaden, is there was there's some stat out there. It's like 17 or 18 out of the 31 games or multiple hit games. Yeah, that, I think it's uh, – I think it was 16. 16 out of the out of the 30 were multi-hit. And now 17 out of 31 because you went two for five today. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's so tell us tell us a little bit about before we get to the actual record, tell us a little bit about fall ball. Is it scrimmages with other teams or just like intra squads uh, scrimmages? It's a little bit of both. So we uh Okay. It's like the entire month of October. We uh it's just like you dedicate every every second to baseball pretty much. It's uh you you inter squad Monday, Wednesday, Friday and practice uh, like pretty much every day, like before inter squads on Tuesday, yep. Thursdays, it's every single day type of thing. 
And then uh, two weekends in October, we went to Ole Miss one weekend and Vanderbilt the next. Like that's sick. Yeah, so we played uh, like twelve innings, twelve innings against both of them in our preseason in that's the fall. Cool. So, and then we uh, ended up at the like early November. We play like a, we played a best of seven uh, fall World Series against each other, like a red and blue World Series. I like that. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Who won? Uh, I think the red team did actually. Yeah, I was so on, not I, not your team, not my team. I was on blue team. Dang, I know it was, <laughs> it was a, it was a little, it was a good battle, but couldn't come out with it. All right, so let's get to the streak. Uh, you're at 31 now. At what point are the guys? Like, what get what number of games were the guys like? Holy crap! Like, you're on a roll. So around like 20, 20. We we played at Auburn. Dang, that's a high bar. <laughs> Well, that's when, that's, yeah. when, that's when people kind of started realizing it. That's when they started, like, a little bit saying stuff to me. So, I kind of knew it around, like, yeah. like 14. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, 14, like, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. thir- anything above 10, I was like, okay, like, I'm that's pretty – I was like, okay, like, that's that's pretty good and stuff. And then and then we were at Auburn, and uh, I was it was, like, the ninth inning, and I was 0 for 4 or something like that, 0 for 3, and I ended up getting a knock. The, one of the guys comes up to me and is like, I thought you were going to lose it right there. You're at 20 now. And I was like, oh. That's and then I end up here. I end up seeing something like an article where it was like twenty nine was the record. So I was like, okay, I gotta lock in these next couple, these next couple, <laughs> this, these couple weeks and just get that get that done, you know. But so you were gunning for it. I was gunning for it. I knew about it. I try to keep it out of my head. Yeah, teammate, they were they were yeah. they weren't saying nothing to me really. Like I, after I got the record, yeah. actually, people were coming to me. They're like, hey, like I tried not to like say nothing to you. Like we were. Like me and me, yeah. me and Klein, we go out to eat and stuff sometimes. And he's like, "Dude, I wanted to say it so bad to you, but I just I wasn't gonna <laughs> was not gonna put that in your mind." Yeah, I can't curse you. Yeah, well, and it's just I think some of them thought that I didn't even know it, which I did from a long from a while back. That's funny, yeah. But I remember like going and counting, like, okay, like I got to get to this game, to this, you know what I mean, like to see which one I'd mm-hmm. have to get get the record in so yeah <laughs> so you had this west carolina matchup do you know who circle. had the yeah do you know who had the previous record uh i know I couldn't it, find it anywhere i know his name uh they put po- they, they it's in like the if you go to like the sanford articles like after each game okay before like before i yes. got the record they would they'll have like the name of the guy Okay, that's the one because I read the one when you broke it. Then I read like eighteen eighty sevens or whatever. Yeah, there that was two guys. Was there was two guys that were tied for twenty nine. Oh, nice. Did they? Are they still alive? I'm not sure. To be honest, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not okay, sure. so they haven't reached out to you. No, they haven't. Damn, <laughs> they need to. Because I mean, that's crazy. Thirty one straight yeah, games, wild. man. I mean, Sanford has some good hitters in the past. I mean, most recent being Colton Ledbetter. Yeah, Colton. For that Sonny D, I mean, like, 31 straight games. Um, Looks like it was Mike Morseco and Mason Meredith in 08 and 09 were the two guys that Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so they're definitely still alive. Uh, Yeah, they definitely are. Hopefully they're listening to this. They need to reach out to you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right, so when you broke the record, how'd y'all celebrate? Did y'all celebrate? I mean, we won the game, so that helps. Yeah, that helped. Uh, well, I got to first base, and everyone was just yelling. Like, all the fans, like, stood up and started clapping and stuff. And then uh, then they asked for the ball. They got, I got the ball, actually. Oh, nice. And then That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Our, nice. uh, 
our graphics people, they're awesome. They do great stuff. They uh they make it yes, they're, they're re- very good. Really cool graphic. Y'all probably saw it on Twitter and they uh they put that on our scoreboard and like the inning kind of stopped for a second and it was cool. Oh, that's it. And then uh in between awesome. innings, like after we got out of the inning, they uh the announcers came on, they put the put pitcher back up and they were like, Congrats to Jaden on the leading this the Sanford and hitting streak. So it was it was a really cool moment for me. I was try to soak it all soak it all up while I could. Everybody was like hugging me and telling me congrats and stuff. So it was a cool it was a really cool moment. I'll never forget. I love that. Were your parents awesome. there? Yeah. My my parents and grandparents were there, so it was pretty cool that they were got to oh, be there nice. for that. Nice. nice. That's awesome, man. That's so that's such a special moment. Yeah, it was they got they got to enjoy it. So I'm glad they were there. All right, so what's the next record are we going for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play and see where it takes me. To be honest, I'm, <laughs> there you go. I'm looking at I pulled up the um, the like fact book with our records. I think I think you could get to the point where you have our hit record. It's at 93. That's I think you could hit. There. <laughs> that's a lot. That's like 30 30 more. It 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 is a lot. It is a lot. But you're just a freshman and uh, you're at 62 right now. 64 after it's today. possible, man. Oh, 64 after today? Especially you had a slow start to the season. Yeah. So you bring the hot bat into next year, you could easily be sitting <laughs> at 80 at this point next year. Yeah. Jayden, don't listen to Sam. Just do your thing. Don't, <laughs> don't let him psych you out. Yeah, I just... If you wanted to go for the home run record, too, we would support you in that one. <laughs> that, that one's probably a little bit out of reach for me. I'm, I think I'm at seven right now. There's just John Anderson's at 17. Yeah, He's, that's a little higher... That's a higher climb. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> all right. So highlight of the season has to be that. What's like, what's the second best part of the season? Cause you all have been on quite a roll, especially in conference play. I think uh, the best moment, one of the better moments is beating Wofford Friday night. That was just a really good game. Really big. Yeah. Dude, that game was hype. It was, Great it game. was a really cool game to just to beat them. It was a close game. Their pitcher was good. Cravey's mm-hmm. always good. Um, so good. Was, Did you know he's top ten in the country in strikeouts? Yeah, he's he's it's it's actually unreal what he's doing this year, and it's crazy. Can't wait to see what where he gets drafted to and stuff this year because he's he he deserves it more than anyone else on our team. He's he's a hard worker and just a good person. In general. That's cool, really good person. Yeah, we get that vibe from this team. Um, yeah, there's a ton of a good lot people, of good guys, ton of good people. That that's really helped me do what I can what I've done because people people have helped me like throughout the fall and stuff like the older guys. They were never like too good for you or anything like that. It was more of just like a learning, learning curve for you know what I mean for all of us. They taught us what to yep. do. What you know what I mean? Just all the little things which translate to bigger things when you're on the field. Yeah, that's awesome. And then obviously playing at LSU that was that was really cool too. I know we didn't we didn't no. get to we didn't we didn't we weren't close at all. It's but, okay. That's okay. I mean, that team is loaded. Uh, what other school has the number one and number two draft pick? Like, yeah. it's kind of stupid. Yeah, Paul Paul Skeens, He was a uh, he was electric. Talk, and, talk so, about a dog. That guy's amazing. It was it was unreal. It, that that's gonna be a memory that I keep forever. Is just stepping in the batter's box against him for sure. Dude, we're gonna be reading about him and Dylan Cruz, and possibly just about that general LSU team for a long time. Yeah. And it's kind of sick that y'all got to play them in Baton Rouge. Yeah, just to stand the box and see Paul Skeens on the mound and then right behind him, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Cruz down center field was kind of like a, a wow <laughs> moment for sure. Yeah, 
And they had yeah. Tommy White. Tommy it's White. Like, what is, who is this team? Yeah, they were unreal. Yeah. They were they were something different. Mm-hmm. All right, so tell us about you know we have uh, the Kansas series, we got UAB, we got Auburn, and we have the Mercer series before the SoCon tournament. How are we feeling? I think we're feeling pretty good. We uh, we've we've only lost what one series in Walford in the SoCon. Yep. So, yep. I think uh, we take these next couple ga- these next couple games and uh, translate them into something special at Mercer, win that series, and then we're sitting good at one or two. Hopefully, hopefully one. Maybe two. Either one will work. Yeah. That way we get that that, that free that free buy in the in the tournament. So I think we're feeling pretty good right now. I, I like our on the the weekends and stuff. Like our pitching rotation is just dominant on the weekends. So that's you love to see, you know. Yeah, I mean they the the pitching staff has made the most obvious turnaround from the beginning of the season. Most definitely, and yeah. That's been awesome to see. Like, the Memphis series right off the bat was like, okay. You know, it was rough. Uh, but, like, I was like, oh, we're all right. And then we had some games where it's like, holy moly, like, pitchers, let's get it together. And they have. And, I mean, the the ERAs, the whips, they keep dropping. The strikeouts keep count keep mounting. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We mentioned Cravey, but then also uh, Brody Westbrooks yeah. is third in the conference in strikeouts. Yeah, he's Like, he's Cravey's up. number one, and then we got the number three guy. It's like... That'll win you some games right there. Yeah, Brody Brody has stepped up big time for us this year. He's a, I mean he's, he I mean he's top like ninety four this year and like it's, it's pretty electric stuff nice. and, uh, yeah our pitching staff as a whole has done, pretty pretty really good honestly these last these like these past couple of weeks and it's, it's been really good for us because the hitting we we've been putting up runs and they've been holding them to zeros and stuff so it's all been working out really well for, that side of the the game you know yeah the defense has been strong that was another thing that that d- drastically improved and we had a lot of errors early on in the season those have been cleaned up like if you had told me we beat Wofford two to one on a Friday night back in March I would have thought you're crazy yeah and we freaking did it <laughs> yeah that was yeah it's anytime Cravey's on the mound that's that's when our team is most confident honestly yeah I believe it um, all right, man. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate all this, you know, here just hearing about the remarkable achievement you had. Anything you wanted to add? I don't think so. I just I appreciate y'all having me on. It's pretty cool to be able to be in the situation and stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to have you back on. Uh, yeah. I was telling you this in our text, but when the season wraps, you know, we want to have kind of a similar deal where we get a bunch of players on, talk about the season. Hopefully, hopefully we're the second team and, 30 years to make it to Omaha. Yeah, that'd be really cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. So we don't want to hear from you for a while. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, Omaha's late, hopefully, late June. June. Hopefully, late June. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Definitely. (laughs) All right, Jaden. Well, we appreciate it, man. No, thank you. So, Michael, Jaden's pretty awesome. Such a cool kid. So humble. So humble. Uh, Did not act like he had just extended a university streak as a true freshman. True, uh, true freshman. I mean, he's dang. Guy, so, but yeah, we're biased. Gotta love. He's him. automatically a stud. Automatically. But then to be hitting like in the three seventies, thirty-one straight games, true freshman, feels good. Yeah. Glad he's on our team. Crazy right. that he almost went to Rice. I mean, totally different places: Houston and Birmingham. 
I've never been to Houston, but uh, you've never been to Houston. You lived in both, so Sam, which is better? Oh, they're different. It, it, okay. They're totally different cups of tea. That's kosher, kosher answer. But anyway, Jaden's awesome. The streak is ridiculous. Uh, people are going to hear that and they're like thirty-one straight games, whatever. It's baseball. Like yeah. you're a stud if you're failing seventy percent of the time. That's what's ridiculous. Uh, and to do it in the SoCon, especially with a bunch of those uh, non-conference games sprinkled in, Alabama, uh, Columbia, uh, Auburn, Auburn, Mississippi State. LSU, so, she didn't get any hits against LSU, but still. Yeah, the streak hadn't started quite. I think the streaks must have started a little bit after that game. Yeah. After that series. Uh, but yeah, it's just remarkable. And like you said, he's so humble. Everybody we've talked to on the baseball team, everybody we've talked to on the football team, and the basketball team. There's yeah, a honestly all the Stanford attracts a certain so breed. Kind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're. It's very easy to be proud of these teams and these players. Mm-hmm. Um, very easy. So kudos to the coaches and the cultures uh, that they're building. But let's talk a little bit more about uh, the baseball team as a whole. So we sit atop the SoCon. We're twelve and six. Mercer and Wofford are right there. Mercer in second. They actually play each other this coming weekend, so that's a big series. I guess we're hoping for a split, maybe Wofford edging them, uh, just because Mercer's a little bit closer to us than Wofford. And then we end the season with Mercer. Um, So it's still a lot lot to be decided. It's nice to know that there's three losses to be divided between Mercer and, and Wofford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that puts us in a really great position to come out on top at the end of the season. Yeah, because I think we're two, we're one or two games up on Mercer at the moment. A few more over Wofford. Um, I, it's shaping up to be the one seed will be determined in Macon at the end of the season. Um, but we just wrapped up a great series against Western. Couldn't quite get the sweep today, but we beat them Friday, Saturday. Obviously, Saturday, that's when Jaden uh, clinched the the record. It was also cool just hearing about, like, he realized how special of a moment it was. The players did. They stopped the game. He got the ball. Like, that's all cool. Like, moments like that, it's kind of what sports are for. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's going to, like, he sounded excited just talking about that moment. Uh, He said his parents were there. His grandparents were there. Just seeing the whole, like, his whole team crowd crowd around and support him. that's the kind of thing that athletes look forward to, you know, their entire careers. So that's just, and it makes for a great Twitter highlight. Yeah. But then he came Twitter out clip. and he had two hits today. So he like acted like it never even happened. Never even happened. Like the kids just on a roll. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we have a we have a midweek against somebody this week. Um, let me pull it up. UAB, right? Or is that next week? Yeah, I think you're right. You Oh no, Auburn. Oh shoot. So Auburn actually just run ruled. I think I think they just run ruled LSU today, or maybe yesterday. They just beat LSU for LSU's first series loss. This yeah, season. so they're playing hot. Um, yeah, it is a midweek, so like anything can happen. Not expecting a whole lot there. We had them the last Auburn game. We had them. It was one of those games where we kind of had them until we didn't. We were playing really well, neck and neck and neck, and then boom, it just kind of all fell apart at the end. <laughs> Yeah, don't look at we'll the final see score because it won't look that way. Don't don't look at the final score. Look at the box score. Uh, it was a way better game than the final score indicated. 
the Tuesday game, who's to say? I guess this episode will be dropping Tuesday, early Tuesday morning, so most people probably won't uh, hear this little part, but but or in time. Um, but it would be nice to beat Auburn. Cool, cool off their hot streak. Show the SEC that there's more than just them uh, in the South for baseball. But then we got Kansas. We don't even have another conference game for two more weeks. Uh, we got Kansas and then the UAB. I looked up Kansas's RPI. They're like in the mid one tens. Not a great opportunity for us to climb the rankings. Like we actually have to just beat them. Uh, not that the RPI at this point matters for us. We didn't take advantage of our schedule like we could have. So we are just playing for the bid uh, in the SoCon tournament, but that's okay. But yeah, RPI has us at 77, which is fine. Um, it's nice to be top 100. You got to be like top 40, though, to feel good about an at-large bid in the uh, for the regionals. And we're not – I don't even think we have an opportunity to get that high. But a few of our stat leaders. So – I think we did this a couple of weeks ago and the top guys have still remained at the top, but most impressively, some of our top guys have remained in the top of the country. So our leading average, Jaden Davis, he's at 373, crazy, true freshman, you know, crossing our fingers that the SEC does not just come knocking on his door this summer. (laughs) We got our home run leader, still John Anderson. He's still top 50 in the USA, but a cool thing that we saw was, He's tied for sixth all time. Uh, he's one off from Sonny D's 2021 season, which wasn't Sonny D's best season. I think that was 2019, but still just impressive to be up there with a guy like with a name like that. Then John Anderson's coming in at 50 with RBIs. Cravey, unsurprisingly, leading the way with the RA 3.54, leading the way with the WHIP 1.14. But what's wild is we mentioned this in. We're, we might have mentioned this uh, with Jaden, but Cravey's at 98 strikeouts, which is top puts him in the top 10 in America. Crazy. Absolutely wild. Uh, crazy. He's tied for second all time in a single season at Sanford. The record's 132, and I think he's going to break it. Uh, it's by Josh Emke in 2006. He only needs 34 more to tie it. I think he can scratch out 34 more over the course of three to five starts. Um, crazy. You think he'll get that many start? I mean, I guess, does that include postseason? Yeah, it includes. So I, I think it includes SoCon tournament. Um, so he'll get, not, he'll get two more regular season starts, and then uh, hopefully at a least one tournament if starts. Not two in the SoCon. I think I could. I could be totally wrong. I don't know. But the baseball team, shockingly, Michael, it's kind of shaping up exactly like the guys called it at the beginning. Yeah. Yes, with us essentially against Mercer. They said definitively we were going to win the conference. Mercer was going to be our biggest uh, threat. Everyone had Wofford. Everyone had Wofford. Yeah. Um, and look, here we are. When you're sitting here talking to the guys that are on the team, of course you're like, yeah, they're just saying, like, right. you got to say you're right. going to win, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it didn't look like it didn't look that way to start the season. We had kind of a slow start, but. If we were uh, very playing skeptical. good baseball when it matters most. That's facts. That's facts. Now, with that said, Mike, I looked up and they I think they talked about this in the initial preview show, but now that we're getting closer to the SoCon tournament, I looked up which seeds actually win the SoCon tournament. Looks like lucky number four. The four seed Oof. in the last ten seasons has won four times. 
The two seed has won three times. So 70% of the time, it's been the four or the two. The one seed has won once. Uh, well, we don't have enough games left to drop back to four. Nope. But uh, we have enough to we drop, could drop back to two. To two. Maybe intentionally and drop back to fact, two. In fact, the last time Sanford won, in fact, the last two times Sanford won, we were the two seed, funny enough. That was 2021 and 2018. In 2019, we were the one seed and lost. Uh, Mercer, Mercer got that one. UNCG last year, four seed. In 2012, or 20, yeah, 2012, not 2012. We're not that far in the future. In 2012, Sanford won it as a four seed. App State was a one seed. So it looks like four is a magic number. Uh, Let's see who, as of right now, that'd be VMI. So funny enough, Jeb had mentioned this last week, but VMI's conference stats, and we'll get to this. We're going to give like a baseball roundup, so to speak. Kind of give you conference leaders, uh, things like that at at the state of the SoCon segment. But VMI's stats are a little absurd for – a losing record in the conference. So the fact that they're the fourth would be the fourth seed today. A little scary, a little scary, Mike. Yeah, that's uh, what's this? What's the setup for the tournament? Cause wouldn't we get a buy for the one seed? Is it double elimination? Yeah, it's double elimination. The setup would be, so everybody, it, it, the top um, four seeds get one buy. They don't have to play in the play in playing round. Then the second round starts, and the one and two seeds. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, that's wild. Yeah, so, that the one seed has been so unsuccessful with that setup. Yeah, no, for sure. Because you're thinking, well, yeah, because you're you're getting their second or third best pitcher by the time you play. Probably their second best pitcher by the time you play the four seed, unless the eight wins. In that case, you're getting their third pitcher. Um. But you don't get you don't get your one pitcher on Sunday, so Sunday is kind of a crapshoot. I think the amount of times the one seeds made it to the finals is way higher than the amount of times they've won it, and so that is you know something to consider. Like once you get to Sunday, I mean any of these games anybody can win, right? But yeah. especially but in the staff, final that's game. why pitching staff is so important when it comes to postseason baseball. Hundred percent, and honestly, yeah. The SoCon has elite top-level pitching, but if we want to talk about the Omaha drought for the conference, that's probably what has held us back, is a lot of these schools, like a Tennessee, like an LSU, you know, only eight teams get to Omaha. And all eight teams have three pitchers that could all be Friday night guys in most of the conferences. Um, right. So that's, I mean, that's always the big, that's even in the MLB, it always comes down to pitching. That is unfortunately the ceiling put on some smaller squads, but it's also baseball. Guys can find something any day of the week. So I don't know if we should be rooting for the one. I'm kind of <laughs> rooting for the two seed. Nah, we'll uh, take the one, man. But I'll take the I'll take the trophy, the regular season trophy. Absolutely. We always Just tease. We got to hang the banners. The stack. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so we'll take the we'll take the regular season trophy. There's no doubt. Um, but let's get to a brief update on football. So Sam Herter, y'all probably know him on Twitter at least. He's the big hero sports guy. He came out with a pre preseason ranking. Of course, he had Sam from the top ten. He even said Michael Hires is probably the most impactful guy coming back in the country. 
Uh, Michael, as a Tennessee fan, how much do you like hype and how much do you loathe it? Um, just thinking back to last year and how little hype we had, but how well we did, I get mm-hmm. nervous. Mm-hmm. That That's like the Tennessee fan in me, you know? Um, but I mean, if you think about the pieces that we have coming back, like hires is the most important piece coming back. Obviously we've got a good receiving course, returning players and transfers. Yep. Uh, I think our offense should be fine. It's that defensive. Got our running back coming back. We got a running back coming back. The defense is what surprised us last year. That helped us get as far as we did. So 100%. we just got to see how, to how the defense stacks up. Yeah, shout out to Tay and yeah. Nathan East. No, that's a good point, man. Um, you don't always get – yeah, especially like a linebacker like Nathan, you don't always get an NFL guy as a fifth year still on your team. You know, like that helps. So we'll see. So he had us like six. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he has like six I, or I've seven. I've got it pulled up. So he's got. Um, let's just go a little highlights. So North Dakota State's at two. Obviously, we played them last year in the playoffs. Uh, behind South Dakota State at one. Furman's at five. Sanford at eight. Uh, let's see. He had Mercer in there. Mercer at twenty. And was UT Martin in there? I was going to say, I'm surprised UT Martin is not. He didn't have UTC either. List. Uh, and UTC is going to finish. Mention. They're going to finish second in the conference. You think so? I think so. In our yeah. way too early, I think UTC, I think it's us one. If I wasn't a Sanford fan, I'd be picking UTC. UTC or Furman. I don't know. It's kind of, it's a four-way Furman, race. Yeah, Furman's got some. Because who's that receiver for Mercer that's so good? Yeah. Um, uh, Harmon? No. Uh what is his name? It's okay. He's amazing. At the beginning of the show. Yeah, he's amazing. So the offenses in the SoCon are going to be deadly. Furman's defense is going to be solid. UTC's defense is going to be solid. That's why I'd go UTC second and surprised that they weren't more, or I mean, in at least the 20s, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Not much of a football update. Uh, just fun to see. I love the preseason rankings, and I love a way too early preseason rankings. We'll come up with our own. We'll come out with our own for sure. Um, but for now, there's a lot of preseason hype around Sanford. And uh, we don't know how to feel about that. Let's get to the trivia question, Mike. This is back back to baseball. So this was a little shocking um, when, I, when I was looking up all of the seeds that have won. This was very surprising. So one fun fact before we before I ask you. The Citadel has the has the highest winning percentage. They are a crazy seventy two and thirty seven in the SoCon tournament since nineteen eighty four. That's crazy. Now, That's unsurprisingly, they're the last SoCon team to make it to Omaha. So, a very proud baseball tradition at Citadel at the, at the Citadel. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> crazy, right? Crazy, crazy winning percentage. But the question is. Which team, which current SOCON team has won the most tournaments? And it might be Citadel. I'm not telling you it's not. Is it a trick question? No. Is it Furman because I don't have a team anymore? That would be hilarious. Uh, No, fortunately it is not Furman. It is a team we actually kind of like. Western Carolina? Western Carolina. 
by a country mile. Uh, wow. They have. I think actually, I think people have mentioned that they have historically had a pretty strong baseball program. Very yeah. How did I even find that stuff? They're kind of turned into a sleeper school. They need some hype around them. Yeah, they have 10. Oh, sorry. It's not by a country mile. They have 10. Citadel's at 8. But the next closest is us at 3. Georgia Southern and Duke are between us, but they're obviously no longer in the conference. Um, Wofford only has one. For how many times Wofford's been a one seed in this tournament and they only have one and it was in 2007? Like, get out of here, Terriers. Get your preseason hype out of here. You aren't winning. You are not winning. Hmm. And the fact that I, I cannot wrap my mind around how the RPI has them so high. They're like 49, I think, still. And they are not playing that well comparatively yeah. in SoCon. What is... I don't think they have any good non-conference wins either. They got run away against the, Tennessee last week, I'll tell you that. By Tennessee and um, they played at uh, Wake Forest. So they yeah. I just, I don't know, riddle me that. So, yeah, Western Carolina, uh, Mike, basketball. So, Walker, oh boy. T- some big things some happened news. to you. We got some news. A lot of news. Do you want to start uh, outgoing? We can or start wherever you want. You can start wherever let's you want. Start, let's start outgoing. Okay. Uh, the biggest of the news, Mr. Quez Glover, is uh, heading out west to the Big 12. He's heading to BYU. Man, that shocked me. Yeah. For a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, he was looking at Memphis. He was looking at Ole Miss. There was some speculation around Louisville or Georgia or Tennessee, like all Southeast All teams, teams right? close to home, right. But he's heading way out west to BYU. BYU. They're going to be in the Big 12 next year. They are going to be in the Big 12, which was the best basketball conference last year. He's going to get worked. You think? I mean, I, I, I do think – yeah, he got enough playing time at Florida to know that he can keep up. Well, he's athletic. I think he's gotten a lot better since he came to Sanford. I he's still athletic. Think he has the size and he's the physicality. Too small. That's exactly right. That's that's the problem. Yeah, he has the skills, right? He has the skills. Yeah, he doesn't have the body. And, and, and it's depends BYU. on how you. I've got a. I don't know much about BYU's program. I don't know who they have. I don't know their style. Well, they of play. had Jimmer Fredette. They had okay, that another. Was forever ago. They had another, another guy that got white kid like team. that. Um, their basketball team's okay. Uh, they were seven and nine in their conference last year, nineteen and fifteen. So they're like an okay team. But they went to the tournament. Uh, the year before, twenty twenty one, they did beat Creighton. Who Jeb loved. They beat Utah. They lost by one point to Gonzaga. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. So I good for it's a good academic school if he cares about that. Uh, but it's BYU. Not to hate on the Mormons, but I don't want to go to a school like that if I'm not Mormon. <laughs> Is Quez Mormon? I mean, it's not you don't have to be Mormon to go to that school. So. No, but you have to abide by the same code of conduct. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't know what all that entails. I just remember they had some linebacker, some big-time linebacker, get in some trouble a couple years ago or something. I don't know. BYU. So, I mean, honestly, congrats to Quez, though. Like, we, we do have, we do 
wish you the best and, and look forward to seeing you play, you know, on a big stage next year. Um, a couple other basketball guys uh, transferring out. So Marcellus Vale, who really didn't get a ton of playing time with Sanford, battled, battled with some injuries and whatnot. He's transferring to Campbellsville, which is an NAIA school in Kentucky. Interesting. Uh, and then Jaron Reilly, our uh, trusted oh, he found a home. point guard. He found a home. He found a D1 home. Let's go, Jaron. So congrats to Jaron. Uh, Wait, you Colorado? Northern Colorado. Ah. Yeah. Northern I missed Colorado. that adjective. Northern Colorado. So he's heading out west as well. A lot of guys heading out to the Mountain West times. Is that the real UNC? I wish Jeb was here to. I wish Jeb was here to. Yep. (laughs) But he's not. So that's the real UNC, folks. Jaron really playing at the real UNC. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, Mike, who we have coming in? Well, just because it's a great segue. Speaking of the real UNC, Uh, there is a real UNC transfer by the name of. Will Shaver, who was at UNC last year, okay, uh, committed to Belmont, but recently, I think today, decommitted, and he's from the Birmingham area. Into the Sante. So he's a guy, Will Shaver's a guy that Bucky recruited pretty heavily uh, a couple years ago. Very but I interesting. I got the sense, this all intel from Josh, but got the sense that this guy was going to go like power five. And, of course, he ended up at UNC – um, I think UAB is, is is recruiting him pretty hard right now. Uh, Who would want to play UNC basketball there? UAB, Andy Kennedy, pretty great program. So I don't know. That, I don't nah, know that Sanford's really in the nah. this guy, but it seems like a natural fit being from Birmingham. Bucky's great at grabbing those Birmingham guys. So, and he's big. He's six ten. It'd be great to get another big guy down low to replace Logan Die. Yes. Just a thought. No, that would be hype. That. It seems like a few a few too many dominoes fell in the right way for us not to be in the running there. Yeah, I mean, why would he not at least look at us? Uh, we're we're comparable to to Belmont. I'd put Belmont slightly oh, higher sure. uh, than Sanford yeah. in terms of basketball They've history. They've made the tournament, had yeah. success. But I think that you know, given we the direction Bucky. we're heading, like we could we should be able to compete with Belmont for recruits like that. Especially yeah. when it's in our backyard, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, so we got we got two two pretty big time uh, transfers coming in. So we've got Garrett Hicks and Dallas Graziani. Sam, what do you know about these guys? Well, thanks to the Sanford scoop, uh, I know a lot about Garrett Hicks. So they pointed out that we actually played him last year, and he had fourteen points, four steals. He seems like a very solid guard. That. I don't know if he'll start every single uh, game. I'll always take a good, especially defensively. Yeah, I mean, a guard, a guard is one of the biggest needs that we had uh, heading into the offseason, losing Quez and Bubba and Jaron. You know, I think watching some of the this guy's highlight reels and whatnot, I think he could be a good replacement at the two for, for Bubba. Uh, not going to be the primary ball handler, handler because that's what Dallas Graziani is going to be. Uh, now this, this Dallas kid the ball pretty well. This Dallas kid is a pure winner. Wait, hold on, wait. Was the Garrett kid? Was he the one that I that has that really insane dunk highlight? Yes, I think it is. Okay, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, the kid is a freak athlete. Um, Very athletic. 
So we'll take we'll take all those guys. All those guys we can get. Never always find a spot for a guy like that. But yeah, let's talk about Dallas. Dude, Dallas is a winner. National Won the D2 champion. National Championship. MVP of that tournament. Second in the nation in assists. Like, if if Bucky's trying to build a culture, yes, it's nice that we got a share of the SoCon title, but it really helps when you can bring in a winner like that. Even if it's D2, we get that. But it's all relative. Like, it all takes a relatively same amount of effort and grit and determination to win a championship at all of these levels. And a guy that knows what it takes to get to that, huge. Absolutely. And that's what Bucky said in an interview recently was, like, winners win. And this guy's yeah. been a winner at every level. So Look at Michael Hires. Just saying. Just saying. Great point. I'm trying to pull up this guy's stats because he – I think he's shooting in the, in the 30s uh, from behind the arc. And a position of need. Point guard – I mean, with Jaron gone, Same. Quez gone. And this guy's a true point guard. He's right. he's a he's looking to pass the ball, which is something that we talked about. That's not really what Quez Quez's specialty wasn't assist, it was no. mid range jumpers. BYU can have a lot of fun watching that. Yeah. Love those fifteen footers. But this guy's gonna look to distribute the ball. Should make the players around him a lot better. I bet yep. I bet uh it should fit our playing style better. I don't know if Bucky loved ISO ball as much as we resorted to that with Quez on the floor. Um, I think what, to me, now they're both white, but Dallas seems like what I wish Jaron could have been when Quez was hurt and our offense like found a decent flow that was like moving the ball around a lot. Jaron was facilitating a ton. Um, Like kind of that point where we thought that Jaron had really turned a corner developmentally. And like, oh wow, this kid actually can play. Um, if you it give feels Jaren, like Dallas is that, but even more. He's got the speed. If you give Jaron this kind of speed that, yeah, that Dallas slow. has, yeah, this guy's fast. He's quick. He's handsy. I'm so it sounds like it sounds like we're we're increasing our floor here. Like, yeah, we lost some guys, but these guys coming in, even if they don't start, are going to elevate. You know our weakest link or our second weakest link or wh- wherever their role may be. Now Dallas is probably going to start if I had to guess. I'd imagine Dallas is going to start over Josh Holloway given that Josh. Unless Josh just rolls in here and off that nice $10 million settlement with a jaw, <laughs> like finds a perfect personal trainer and just is you know, right. just playing. But um, yeah, I would imagine Dallas starting, which is great for Josh. I think it takes a load off of Josh. Josh probably wasn't loving the fact that Quez was sitting the portal, that Jaron was sitting the portal. And he's like, yeah, he probably has the confidence to be the guy, but I don't know if he wanted to be the guy right off the bat like that. Uh, I don't know. Why would you not want to be the guy? Why would you not want the seeds to part and you, like, you know, stars align for you to be a starting point guard? That's fair. Yeah, he probably did. Now maybe he's pissed. Now maybe he decommits because no, just playing. Uh, yeah, he already signed. He's, he's locked <laughs> in. I mean, he played at Oak Hill, so he's used to playing against like top talent and not at the high school level. I don't think that'll be a huge transition for him. But it's basketball. Yeah. I don't love playing freshman in basketball unless they're like a five star. You know, like we've seen that formula fail time in and time. But Kentucky, Kentucky, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, so. No thanks. 
It'd be nice to have some senior guys because we do. We've talked about it so many times. Lucas Walls, Josh Holloway, Riley Allenspock, three stud freshmen. The future's really bright if we can keep future's them healthy. Keep Blinding. them at Sanford, but we can't. We can't. We can't just like throw next year out the door when we've got no, all this. Not when we got back. AJ coming back, Jermaine coming back. I mean, exactly. I mean, with Jaden Campbell, AJ, Jermaine, like that, just core guy, core of guys, a right chore, there. Chore, a chore, chore, complimenting. Um, we got a slew of guys coming back. That if we're not competing, something, somebody got hurt, and a lot of crap went wrong. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mike. Any other thoughts on basketball before we wrap it up with a little baseball state of the SoCon? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that was surprisingly a lot of basketball updates for May. Well, this has kind of been stuff in the works for the last like four weeks or so that we just haven't really touched on. So we need to give everybody an update before summer hits. That is fair. All right, so state of the SoCon, we're focusing all on baseball. We're going to do a quick rundown of the standings, conference stat leaders, and then a couple of individual stat leaders because some of these numbers are a little nuts. So for the standings, we talked Sanford number one, Mercer two, Wofford three, right? VMI is coming in at fourth, and then we have Citadel, UNCG, ETSU, and Western pulling up the rear. The only thing that was a little off on the guys' preview, uh, preseason preview, was they thought UNCG would be second or third um, and Wofford fourth, but UNCG, I guess, underperforming to at least our guys' expectations. Don't know much there. I did notice that. Like when you start looking at the top three or four stats, whether it's team or individual, like there's no one from UNCG to be found. Whereas some of the other schools, there's at least one person for one of these stats, right? Um, but for conference, so all these stats we're about to read, conference only. To me, I mean, we had this discussion over basketball. It's just the easiest way to compare the teams. Um, the non-conference for the SOCON in every sport the, just there's too much variance. So for team average, VMI, so Wofford was number one, uh, but VMI's taken over there at 354. Wofford's at second, right behind them, 351. And then Sanford and Mercer are pretty far behind, tied for third at 317. So it's a two-dog race there for best average in the conference as a team. The ERA, surprisingly here, Citadel, number one, coming in at 4.12. Almost a full run lower than Samford, who's rolling at 5.02, and then Wofford at, uh, uh, in third at 5.44. So, honestly, very impressive by the Citadel pitching staff to be a, almost a full run clear of second place uh, in the conference. And then as far as individuals, so we said that VMI had the number one average. Well, unsurprisingly, two VMI guys are the top three. You got Cole Jenkins, who's batting 530. 530, Justin Ooh. Stark batting 477 over. This is conference only, but still stupid. Uh, and then Trey Younger for Wofford at 466. Individual homers, our own John Anderson uh, leading the conference at 10. Ty Daly, uh, I think Jaden had mentioned him as a, another freshman. He has an eight. And then Cole Jenkins from VMI, we just mentioned him. He is also uh, at eight. And then strikeouts. This is where... This is where you start to see why Sanford's number one in the conference. Jacob Cravey is at 50. Second place is 39, Nathaniel Tate from ETSU. 
And then Sanford again, third, Brody Westbrook's at 34. So a lot of Sanford guys where it matters. Surprisingly, um, the team average is not as competitive compared to the top two. Uh, the team ERA is not as competitive compared to the number one. So interesting that Sanford has kind of found the right mix uh, to stand atop the conference, especially when Wofford is number two and number three for average and ERA respectively. When you just kind of look at the whole picture, you would think Wofford would probably edge Sanford out for number one, but sitting very comfortably in third. So that was a lot. Mike, any any thoughts on that? That was a very fast run through. Yeah, that was a very fast run through. Um, I just love how competitive it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, just like basketball, like really close. Um, very similar. You know, not a ton of margin of error in terms of finishing out the season. Um, it'll all come down to this, this SoCon tournament, so I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah, and five of the eight schools, six of the eight schools, have an either an individual who's top three in the conference in, a, in an important statistic or top three in the conference in a team statistic. So that does not bode well for the conference tournament. Like, I don't like it when it's anybody's game. Uh, I like it when it's Sanford's game. So lots to look forward to. The SoCon tournament should be a blast to watch. I mean, when you got a team like VMI rolling in there, batting 354 in conference, when you have a team like Citadel pitching at 4.12 ERA in conference, anything can happen. Uh, so if you're just here for entertainment, the SoCon baseball tournament is going to be electric and very unpredictable. So let's get to shout outs, Mike. Do you have a shout out this week? I do. Uh, do you, Sam? I mean, mine was uh, Jaden Davis before we got him on the pod. So I don't have another one, but shouting out Jaden for having a, a new Sanford record, obviously. Uh, so I got, I got to give a shout out to the Sanford softball team, the Lady Bulldogs. All right. All right. Uh, they, they finished one game back from first place for the regular season of SoCon, heading into the SoCon tournament on the, starting on Wednesday. Uh, but they've been balling out this year. They've got, as we've mentioned before, Mackenzie Newcomb, who we want to have on the pod, leading the league in, uh, ERA. She's a stud. Lindsey Nelson leading the league in strikeouts, which is funny because Tennessee's baseball stadium is called Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Anyways. Interesting. There's probably uh, a relation there. Yeah, probably. Has to be. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the softball team has been balling out this year, uh, just like every Sanford sports team has, really. So it'll be fun to watch them uh, hopefully take, take home the tournament championship. Hey, we are the, here for a little – Women's softball World Series action. If we can make absolutely, it that we'll take that it. That would be hype. Yeah, that's my shout out. The spring look. This is the golden era of Sanford sports, uh, at least as far as we've been watching. Every season, competitive for a freaking conference title. Crazy, it's crazy man. It's honestly crazy. crazy. All right. Well, that wraps up our twenty fifth episode. Thanks for hanging in there. We hope you all love the Jaden Davis interview. We, we are big Jaden Davis fans. Everybody we talk to, we're like turning into their number one fan. Uh, so we'll keep those coming. we got a lot more lot more of those interviews coming for the summer, so you all have a lot to look forward to there. But see you all next week. Hey, you already know. You know, Sanford, you about to get that ring, man. Hey, love you all. We love you all.